TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome into a special edition of the Score North First Place AL Central Champs Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore with a special guest on the phone after covering the winter meetings in San Diego, California. Betsy Helfan covers the Twins for the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Betsy, thanks for saving a few minutes for us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I think we first talked about this in uh, spring training, so it's good to finally be on with you. <laughs> You're really holding my feet to the fire on that one. Uh, yeah, Fort Myers is not too far around the corner, but I think Twins fans are hoping, Betsy, that they do a little bit more than they've done so far before reporting date in February. Uh, let me start by asking you about the things that they have already done. We'll talk about their offseason to date, and then we can kind of go forward to to what may happen in the future. Um, but before you went down to the winter meetings, the Twins offered Jake Odorizzi a qualifying offer, and he said yes. Uh, he said yes to one year and about $17.8 million. So what do you think, from a Twins perspective, uh, good move, bad move to get a pitcher like Odo for uh, one year, $18 million? Yeah, from the, from the Twins' perspective, it looks really good. From Odorizzi's perspective, he had you know 10 days, and after two years of looking at you know, what the market had been like and had been really slow, might have, you know, felt more comfortable taking that one year with with probably a higher, you know, guaranteed value than he might have gotten on a a longer-term contract. Now, looking at it, the starting pitching market has kind of, you know, exploded in the past few days. He might have been able to get, uh, you know, the type of deal he was looking for. But for the Twins, it looks really good, and they needed that to just help stabilize the rotation. They obviously need, you know, a little bit more, but just having him back to pair with with Jose and now Michael Pineda was definitely a good move on their part. Yeah, I want you to elaborate on that a little bit because the pitching market has for me anyway. I can I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, I think it's more money that I expected to see some guys get. Like Garrett Cole, I mean, the numbers are wow, numbers obviously. I knew he was going to get paid, but I didn't know he and Strasburg were going to do that well. And even if you go one step down below that, Zach Wheeler got $118 million. I, I guess I'm personally a little surprised how much money is flying around this winter. I mean, I would say I would, too. Even you look at, like, Martin Perez, he just got $6 million last year after the year he had with the Twins, and Kyle Gibson cashed in on a pretty good deal, too. So it's yeah. not even just the top of the market. You know, obviously people are saying Garrett Cole might be the best free agent to ever hit the market, free agent pitcher to ever hit the market, just looking at, you know, age, past history, all that stuff. But, you know, to have Strasburg break a record a day before, that I think that was pretty surprising for a lot of people, too. How about Martin Perez? He got a major league contract, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Betsy, but I think so he got a guaranteed something like $6 bucks plus a team option for next year. Were you surprised by that contract? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I thought, too, and I definitely was. Obviously, the Red Sox are trying to shed payroll, um, so they can bring him in for cheap, save some money on not bringing back Porcello. But definitely after the year he had, and especially the second half of the season when things started going downhill a little bit, I am surprised to see that you know for him. Kyle Gibson gets $30 million, which is a wow number. Um, but can you see the, the sense for the Rangers? And I guess let me ask it a different way. Do you think that the Twins should have tried to bring Kyle Gibson back after, I mean, another team takes a – takes a gamble on him for 30 million bucks um it's hard to say i mean if it was 
if he was coming off the year he had two years ago, you know, definitely. But the year he had last year with all the gastrointestinal issues, not knowing how he might bounce back from that, I'm sure the Twins have, you know, pretty good projections into, you know, what they think they'll see from him and, and obviously decided it was time to move on. Um, just what he got, though, I was I was completely surprised. Yeah. And, and I feel like... No, the Rangers, I think, are trying to put together a pretty good team, uh, you know, to welcome in their new parks. They gambled on Lance Lynn a year ago, gambled on former twin um, Kyle Gibson this year. So I guess we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, it'll it'll be fascinating, especially depending on what happens on the Josh Donaldson sweepstakes. But uh, we'll we'll save that stuff for later in the show. I still want to focus on the things that the Twins have done rather than what they could do. Um, you were in San Diego covering baseball's winter meetings, and uh, one of the moves that came across the wire, like officially during the winter meetings, even though I think it was reported last week, Michael Pineda is back with the Twins on a reported two-year deal for $20 bucks. What were the – because I assume you talk with the leadership down there. Um, what are the Twins – decision makers saying about the Michael Pineda decision to bring him back even after he got suspended for, uh, I guess, testing positive for a masking agent? Um, basically, no hard feelings. You know, they heard his story, had basically told him, told them that um, he had taken this supplement over the counter that had been given to someone by someone he trusted to help kind of combat some weight gain that had happened while he had been dealing with other injuries and that had affected his knees, the twins say they have no reason, you know, not to believe the story. And obviously the suspension was reduced from, you know, 80 to 60 games. So it's not just the twin, you know, people yeah. seem to believe that, you know, this was actually how it happened. It wasn't his intention, you know, to go out and take something to enhance, you know, performance. Um, they said he's shown contrition. He understands he's made a mistake. Um, and if you look at, we were just talking about, um, you know, some of the deals that Gibson and, and Perez got and some of the other guys on the market. If you look at that, this looks like kind of a bargain deal for the Twins now. You know, the the Red Sox will pay, be paying Martin Perez, you know, $6 million for a full year. The Twins, this will get prorated. It'll be about $7.6 million for oh. Pineda next year. Okay. And that, you know, you look at that, that looks like a steal when you look at the back half of the season Pineda had last year when he was you know their most consistent starter for a pretty good stretch there it's a good it's a great point I I've seen some confusion online too can you just straighten us out now he got suspended and he'll have to serve 39 games to start 2020 which is why the pro rated but he is eligible to pitch in the postseason if the twins make it isn't that right yeah that's my understanding yeah okay so because he wasn't I don't I don't think you can make someone ineligible in two straight, you know, because he wasn't eligible last year. I don't think you can make someone ineligible in two straight years. Got it. Okay. So I'm looking at the final deal. And let's let's talk about the final deal before we do look at the rest of um, the starting staff. I tend to get ahead of myself, so apologies, uh, Betsy, but that won't (laughs) surprise you either. Um, I'm already looking at trade deadline 2021 and 2022. So if you ever need the targets, I'll give them to you in a five thoughts coming up here. Um, but, uh, so Jason Castro looks like he's probably not going to come back with the twins because they've signed Alex Avila to a one-year deal to sort of compliment Mitch Garver. It's sort of an under the radar signing, but one they needed to fill for the roster coming up. What do you think about the 
Avila deal in Minnesota? Well, they seem to like, um, you know, having a left-handed compliment for Mitch Garver. They, they liked the arrangement they had last year with, with uh, Jason Castro and Garver, and they said they were kind of aspirational of trying to kind of recreate that. Um, I think Sad Levine used the word something along the lines of two lead catchers. They're not necessarily sure, you know, they want to get Mitch, Mitch more plate appearances. They're not necessarily sure hiking up the number of games he plays to, to over 100 is going to be the best in terms of rest and recovery and keeping him fresh. So they like the idea of having no left-handed compliment for Garver who can go out and give them some playing time. And they also said, um, you know, they look at him as a guy who can be a, a pretty good mentor for not only just for, you know, some of the younger guys they have coming up, but also for Garber, too. So he's still relatively, you know, young himself. Bad Levine doesn't like the idea of a backup catcher. Is that right? I think he used the word, I, I think he used the word two lead catchers. Okay. Leave it to Thad. Um, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously you're going to see Mitch Garver getting, you know, a fair share of his playing time. He'll sure. be, you know, what most people consider, you know, a, a starting catcher. I think the words used were two lead catcher. I'd have to go back and look. That's fair. That was... Do you remember Betsy in spring training when we were just getting to know Rocco and he said something along the lines of, uh, we were, he was talking about Marwin Gonzalez. And I don't yes, know. I, do I don't remember if it was you who asked the question, or maybe it was Dan Hayes from the Athletic. Whoever asked the question said something about like, "Isn't it nice to have a super utility player that you can play everywhere?" And and Rocco was borderline offended that we called him a utility player. Yeah, he, I, it was Dan. He interrupted to say, "Multi-positional everyday player." <laughs> <laughs> from then so on, good. The story it became Marwin Gonzalez. The Twins' multi-positional everyday player. Yeah. <laughs> Try fitting that into a headline at uh, TwinCities.com. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, okay, so that does it for their, their moves that they've actually done, right? Unless I'm forgetting something, we can fast forward to uh, uh, reckless speculation, which is a specialty of this station. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I've done so far. So. <laughs> I Okay, <laughs> so... They lost a couple guys in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, but I don't think we need to get into that one. That's true. Maybe that'll be for, like, the end roll of this of this show. We'll we'll get to that rapid <laughs> fire towards the end. I, I mean, I can't imagine the... Um, I can't imagine that that's in high demand, but it's still important, and that stuff matters. I, I guess we should say they, they non-tendered C.J. Crone. Uh, any chance you see him coming back, or is that ship pretty much sailed when they said goodbye? Um, it doesn't sound like the ship has totally sailed. They do seem um, kind of content with the options, too. They have four people who, you know, they could say these are our four starters, but we were just talking about Marwan Gonzalez. If you make him a starter at any given position, you're taking away a lot of what makes him special. Yeah. So I do think, you know, they are still in the market for corner outfielder, or sorry, corner infielder yeah okay and you say corner infielder because it's probably i'm guessing here i'm just guessing but not settled that uh Sano's the everyday third baseman they'd they'd obviously be fine with that if they got a, a first baseman to fill in but do you think there is a chance betsy that they would just ask Sano to move across the diamond and, and sign a third base instead i think it's possible they could i think if you look at the market um there's a stronger market, free agent market out there for third baseman than there are, you know, than yeah. there is right now for first baseman. So, 
think it's a possibility that they've probably kicked around um, and they know he can do it. Um, and they also, you know, we've talked about Marwin. We've got Adrianza, like, Luther Rise has moved around a little bit. They like the flexibility that they have. Okay, great points. And it makes me wonder, uh, you talk about the different options that they have and the flexibility. And I, I know some people will be listening to this and they think it's bizarre that I'm even asking you about hitters or about position players when there's a seemingly such a clear need in the starting rotation. So what's your sense for like how they're thinking about that, knowing they should probably still do more to upgrade the pitching staff? Um, I guess what's the balance that they're thinking as you talk with uh, either Thad Levine or Derek Falvey, anybody down there that represents the Twins? What What is that balance between adding more pitching and maybe another bat? Well, I think the, the clear focus for them right now is still, um, you know, they know they need to add another starter and they need to add another quality starter. Um, and, you know, you have that need. You also probably have you know, a need for a little bit of relief help. Um, but, you know, they're always looking at any given time to improve their roster, you know, in any way possible. So once they created, uh, you know, that hole at first base, I think they're still looking for a bat, um, even though they probably could, you know, could be content, as we said, they have four starters. You know, they have Sano, they have Polanco, they have Arise, they have Marlon Gonzalez, they have four people who could start. You know, I think there still is a desire to kind of upgrade on that side too. Okay. And the other thing, they didn't. They said most of the, you know, most of the conversations they had at the winter meetings were kind of focused on, um, you know, free agents more so than talking, you know, to clubs directly. They were more more meeting with agents. But the other thing is, they do have, you know, some depth they could possibly trade from, um, you know if free agency doesn't work out, they could possibly swing a trade, you know, for a starter too. And we kind of haven't talked about that, but one of the names that got floated around, I'm sure you saw was Eddie Rosario. And obviously they we kind of said, no, we're, we've mostly been talking about, you know, free agent and yes, free agent pitching yeah. was kind of the theme of the meetings, but you know, that's also another potential position of, of depth they have. So they could potentially, you know, make a trade. Sure. So I'm I'm looking at just based on what you said there and also what we heard from Derek Falvey in, I think it was in early October, uh, you know, we all kind of gathered at Target Field and he sat downstairs and Rocco wore his like hiking boots and a flannel and it was supposed to just be kind of like a low key press conference setting uh, to the listeners. I'm not joking. That's what Rocco wore. I just said it kind of deadpan. So I felt like I had to clarify is that... Uh, they're looking for impact pitching. Now, we've seen some of that fly off the shelf, obviously, to some pretty high bidders. Um, but what's your sense for if the Twins are are actively pursuing some of the guys that are left? And, and I'll just give you some names. Uh, it doesn't have to be any of these specifically, but Bumgarner, Keiko, Ryu. Are, are the Twins, do you think, still actively in the mix for an arm like that, to quote Derek Falvey, an impact pitcher? You know, I think there's some interest, and obviously, you know, you've got three now settled into their rotation. They'll probably take the fifth, it sounds like, from some combination of Thorpe, Smeltzer, Dobnak, kind of whoever wins that spot, but they know they need to fill that spot. Um, Zach Wheeler, was, we've heard, was a, a big target for them. Um, once we move past Wheeler, Bumgarner's got, you know, 
a lot of innings on that arm. Um, he's now going to command, I don't know, people are saying potentially around $100 million, maybe over $100 million. I don't know. Um, you know, looks like the Twins were willing to go, you know, to that extent with Wheeler. I don't know if they'd be willing to go, you know, that far with Bumgarner. Ryu's another guy who, you know, has had injury issues in the past. And then there was kind of a conversation of, whether he would prefer to stay out on the West Coast or not. And I think he kind of shot that down. And Scott Boris said something along the lines of, Soul is very far from every major league team, you know, to make, it, <laughs> to make the point, you know, that he might not necessarily be so tied to staying out West. But okay. I guess that's, you know, potentially another consideration in in uh, pursuing him. Yeah, that's a good point. Did you go to the Scott Boris uh, circus, as I've seen it called? I did. I was actually like fairly close. Last oh, wow. year, he set up behind like this, or like right in front of this giant Christmas tree, and there was like a group of reporters, like you know, a whole ring around, like ten deep, and everyone was like, "What's coming?" Like people would walk by and, and be like, "What's coming here? What's going to be here?" And like twenty minutes later, he shows up. This year, he comes with. You know, this big, like, backdrop with, like, the Boris Korg logo, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. So I was I was there. I listened to him talk for a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, he was the big winner of these winter meetings. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and he might not be done. Like, he's not done. He's still got he's clients uh, yeah. to, to, to cash in on, I guess. No, he's definitely not done. He has, you mentioned Keichel and, and Ryu. Um, mm. you know, among his clients remaining. So definitely not done. Um, it's been a pretty good few days for him, though. No kidding. So I want to leave you with this, Betsy, just based on you you were around, you were talking with Twins people all week, you know, Rocco, Falvey, Levine, and lot, lots of other people there representing the Twins. We started the show off by talking about spring training in Fort Myers, and yes, the countdown is on for some people. Um, I might have been on Airbnb.com earlier today, um, may or may not, and that's not a sponsored plug, but uh, <laughs> it's it's getting close, Betsy, and some people are getting nervous that the Twins, uh, the Twins' relative inactivity here before Christmas. I just want to get your gut feeling. Uh, do you think that they are done making headline level moves and maybe the rest is just fill in the roster or do you think that there's a twins headline on the horizon well pretty much anything that twins do uh gets a gets a headline from me so still some headline making moves um (laughs) Derek was kind of asked about that um yesterday how comfortable he was with his roster and he was like you know December what like I'm not very comfortable you know on December 12th but you know, they still have a lot of winter left. Um, and you kind of saw, too, um, you know, the past few years, past two years, the market was moving a lot slower. The Twins were still making moves and impact moves, like, until February. Yeah. And and Derek said, you know, this year he would love to have, you know, everything settled by the time they get to Fort Myers so they can focus more, you know, internally. But, um, you know, he didn't come away you know, disappointed not making a move. You know, they they obviously talked about things. Some of these things weren't, you know, the best possible, you know, fit for the Twins, sure. exactly what they were looking for. But, um, you know, he's still confident that they're going to be able to do what, you know, what they set out to do. So I don't know if that uh, eases Twins fans' minds or not. But, um, 
you know, the the panic that Twins fans have, they you know, they don't have that same level of panic. They seem, you know, pretty confident they'll be able to execute what they're looking for. Got it. That is a great insight. Betsy, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the Score North Twins show, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. And it won't take six months from the time we first said we'd do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me, Derek. I really appreciate it. Sure. Cheers, Betsy. Have a great weekend. You too. That was the voice of Betsy Helfand. She covers the Minnesota Twins for the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. You can find her on Twitter at Betsy Helfand, H-E-L-F-A-N-D. I'm sure you're already following her, but I had to give her a quick shout-out. And if you liked this episode, do me a favor. Send Betsy a tweet that says, thanks for coming on the Score North Twin Show. Do it again. I bet she would love to get that note. I also have a little bit of bonus content for you guys here today. This is my conversation from Thursday with my friend Rami Makloff and our mutual friend Danny Cunningham talking about the Twins and some big trade possibilities. This was on Rami's show, Score North Live, which you can hear weekdays on Score North noon to 2 or scorenorth.com or the Score North app or any of those great places. Anyways, it's a fun Twins chat. We got into some hypothetical Twins trades, some big swing trades. Nolan Arenado's name came up. Francisco Lindor's name came up. So without further ado, I hope you'll enjoy this bonus Twins content. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Rami Makloff, as always, in the TCL broadcast studios with Manny Hill on the other side of the glass and on the ones and twos. And joining me for this afternoon's show, Danny Cunningham. You can read his thoughts on the Minnesota Timberwolves at scorenorth.com and the ScoreNorth mobile app. And uh, I asked Derek Wetmore, whose twins thoughts you can find at scorenorth.com and the ScoreNorth mobile app, to join us for this first segment here. Because, uh, gentlemen, as I was listening to you and Phil and uh, Glenn Perkins on the twins show before this, while I was uh, doing some show prep and going over the day's Twins and MLB news and rumors and reports, I got a gut feeling. And it's just a gut feeling from from gathering the information, aggregating the information that I've been taking in over the last few days. And the gut feeling is not a good one, guys. The gut feeling is that, and this could depend on what this means to you. You might disagree with the meaning of this, but... The Twins are going to be left out in free agency cold when all is said and done here. And I say that, cold? that depends on that's what I'm saying. That depends on what it means to you. Because for <laughs> me, outside of Madison Bumgarner and maybe Ryu, maybe Ryu, I, not a lot is going to excite me if they can't land one of those two guys. I, I think they're going to be left out in free agency cold, and it leaves a lot of questions for me. Should that be the case? If that happens, and you can answer those questions at 651-646-8255. First of all, Derek, Danny, are you getting that same sort of gut feeling that they're going to be left out in the cold? Absolutely. But I feel this way about 
all markets this size and all, all teams that are in the ownership position of the Twins. And the Twins have a better ownership position, I think, than a lot of other smaller market teams, but they're not the Yankees, they're not the Dodgers, they're not the Angels, they're not a team that can go out there and just give out, you know, six $100 million contracts. They have to be, they do have to be careful about where they spend their money. And because of where they're at and because of the situation, like, Listen, they are the Minnesota Twins. They, they're not this historic franchise that's going to attract a lot of talent. They don't play in a warm weather market where you want to live all year round. No one wants to come live here in January. I'm sorry. It's just that's the truth. The fact but you don't have to live here in January. No, no, but even in April. You can go home. Even in April, no one wants to be in Minnesota. I mean, that's why somebody's been screaming to put a roof on it, but I don't know who that guy you is. You can't put a roof on the whole city, Rami. But... Because of that, I think that they're going to have to overpay, and I think that there are better options for these guys elsewhere. If if you're Madison Bumgarner, wouldn't you rather stay on the West Coast geographically? If, if that's an option, yeah. And I think that's going to be an option for him one way or another, whether it's back in San Francisco, whether it's in L.A. with either of those two teams. Yeah. I, I think that if the Twins are going to improve this roster, the best way that they can do that is through trade. Yeah, and, I could see that too. And Derek, part of the reason why I, th- I think they are going to be left out in the cold is because it's because you're a bitter soul. And no, tend no, I t- pessimism. I, nope. Oh. I tend to lean towards optimism. That's I why, don't. That's why I'm sports stepdad. <laughs> that's why I'm sports stepdad. I'm Sorry, balanced, was I not supposed to answer that question? I'm, I was I'm a little the, too truthful. I'm the balance to sports dad. I try to I try to find optimism in the silver lining and, and, and everything. Very right. Nice. I'm I'm your cool young hip sports stepdad it's because they're not actually your a little kids. bit more positive. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I don't have the stress of a raising them the first 10 years of their life. I came in late. But it's it's just that as as the market moves along and I see teams like the Dodgers so far being left out in the cold. I see teams like the Rangers who have shown in the past a propensity to go out and spend. The Braves who have quite a bit of money to spend and are one of those warm weather locations that Danny is talking about. There are too many teams that either have more money or for whatever reason Players see as a see as a better destination than Minnesota. Still on the market, still anxious to add to their team, and still have money burning a hole in their pocket. To me, the Twins seem at the bottom of the list, not in my eyes, but seemingly in the eyes of agents and players in the free agent market. If if you're choosing between the Dodgers or the Rangers or like I said, the the Angels just spent a bunch of money. Who knows if they're willing to spend more? Some of the teams that are out on the market who are still anxious and looking to add, to me, are better locations in the eyes of a lot of these free agents and their agents than, than yeah. the Minnesota and the Twins would be. No, for sure. I mean, you can't really dispute that. It's been something we talked about a lot, and I push back against narratives, Rami, when they don't deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sports narratives just sort of take on a life of their own. In this case, there probably is something to it. Like, there's just Orange County is just a more favorable destination. Uh, but if you can get one of those contracts where you can afford to buy two homes, which is the ballpark that we're talking about here, if you're talking about a Josh Donaldson, a Hyunjin Ryu, a Madison Bumgarner, a Dallas Keuchel, whatever contract those guys wind up with, whether it's in Minnesota or somewhere else, it's going to be enough to put two properties on your name. You know, yeah. So buy your place in Boca Raton if you want to, and then just rent a place in Uptown for the summer and pitch for the Twins. I don't think that we're at the spot where we can say definitively they're going to get left out. I think when when um, is that your gut feeling though? Yeah, Do you I have th- a gut feeling. Yeah, on this? I think they're going to add somebody that makes you say, "Oh, all right." I think that this is not going to be a winter where the Twins just sort of go quietly into the night and then they show up in spring training and I'm, they're like, "Well, hopefully Mitch Garver hits I'm forty talking, next I'm year." I'm talking strictly in free agency. Yeah. 
a trade could happen once once all the once free agency has has come and gone. I think a trade could happen where they add significantly, but I just think they're going to be left out in the okay. free agency cold. And to me, the that, free agency cold is the guys who they've already missed out on: the Zach Wheelers, the Anthony Rendones, the if you had really high hopes, Strasburgs and Garrett Coles of the world. I know you were saying that they they should get in on those. And then the only two guys, like I said that move the radar for me, that excite me when it comes to the Minnesota Twins are Madison Bumgarner and, to a lesser degree, Ryu from the Dodgers. If it's not one of those two guys that they land, to me, that's being left out in the free agent cold. That's okay, what I mean. I would it. just quickly add two more names to okay. that list, and I don't think you'll fight me, but right. is Dallas Keuchel on that list for you? Yeah. He's a little lower. He's, he's a nice pitcher, lower. right? He's, yeah. like a, he's a solid pitcher, but... He's like a three, right? He's I, a I, don't, solid. I don't think that you add him to this staff and instantly go, okay, now we can beat the Yankees. Right. I well, the Yankees just that. got somebody. They no, got the but, gun. I mean, I, I, if the Yankees had not gotten him, <laughs> sure, I, I still okay. would have felt that way. Dallas Keuchel and the other name I'd like to add to that list is Josh Donaldson. That so, changes that lineup for me. So I don't think it changes that lineup because this lineup was already really great. Yeah. Like, they don't need to add offense necessarily. He's more offense always going to be appreciated and be nice. But you'll like this. He's a better glove than your guy, Miguel Sano, at the hot corner. Or don't call him my guy. <laughs> I'm a better glove than Miguel Sano at the hot corner. <laughs> I mean, it's that's. He, and they can't have Sano That play might be third the most anymore. offended I've ever seen Danny in hosting a radio show with no, him. When you call Miguel Sano his guy. No, they've been calling Freddie Kitchens, my guy. Too. <laughs> no. no, I wasn't here for that. Oh, I was that that's been a vent line thing. I, I wasn't um, here for that. See, that's just mean. Yeah, that's I, no, no, thank you. I and want, like I, I said, like fired. Your definition of being left out in the free agency cold could be different than mine. Mine at this point, the list is down to Mad Bum and Ryu. Not that those other guys don't make your baseball team better. Josh Donaldson makes your team better. They just don't necessarily move the needle for me in terms of my excitement or my expectations for the 2020 Minnesota Twins compared to to 2019. But even going with your list, do you feel like they'll land any of those guys or will they be left out in the cold? That's a great question. If you expand it to four, you're still talking more than four teams that want an impact player right now. I, I do wonder if the trade market starts to fire and here. And more than four teams who have been spurned and will be yeah. If they haven't already, major players in the free agent market. Yeah, exactly. I think the best way to look at this is look at the teams who have been spurned or even the ones that haven't been spurned and still have money to spend. Who's more likely yep. to land one of these guys? The Dodgers or the Twins? Yeah, Dodgers. Dodgers. The Braves or the Twins? The Braves. The Angels landing someone else or the Twins? Yeah, if you're the Angels, now it's now it's push time. Yeah. You're all in. The Yankees landing someone else or the Twins? I, I'm surprised by how how much the Yankees are still in on some of these guys, according to reports. It depends on the price for the Yankees, because they are going to butt up against that luxury tax. And Dude, I know I, they'll pay it, but they'll only pay it to an extent. I saw right? today they're Don't one think? of the teams they'll, that's they'll inquired on, on Josh Hader from the Brewers. Like, what do they need, what do they need Josh Hader for? <laughs> well, I mean, the, <laughs> the third the chances is gone. And, <laughs> yeah. But in part of it is the, the they've only got four elite arms. What at the year back of their are, have, were they in the luxury tax last year? No, they reset. That's why they're yeah. more than willing to They'll do it pay because it. the luxury tax is my understanding in baseball. It's not that bad until you get to like the fourth consecutive year, and then it's just monstrous what you would have to pay. And if the Yankees reset this past year, right, and depending I think they'd be more than willing with sneaking into it now, it depends how. Yeah, sneaking into it is fine. I think if I'm the Yankees, I'll go into it and I'll pay the tax. I'm not going to go you know thirty million dollars into it just because that's the way teams are operating now. But I I think you're right. I think that going into it might not scare them. But still, keep in mind, the Twins should have a lot of money. They should have plenty of money. $30 million 
right, to spend this winter. And that's if you're not going to be aggressive and push the walls out on that like I recommended at the beginning of the winter. So to answer your question, Rami, is it possible they get left out on the cold? Yes. I don't have a gut feeling on it. For those four guys specifically, I just think when you go to spring training, you're going to feel better about this team on, what, February 12th than you do today, December 12th. I also think part of our... Part of our, our line of thinking here has changed because of how quickly everything's happened. Where last yeah. year and two years ago, I mean, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado didn't sign until what, February <laughs> yeah. last year? Where now it's okay. Well, it is December 12th and all the top guys are gone. We and it's the Judge Judy meme. She's pointing at her watch. She's like, all right, boys, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> time to go. We haven't seen this for a while. And I think that probably shades our view a little bit that's a that's a good point and the the market did move quicker which makes me wonder what's going to happen in the trade market here now right i mean it hasn't really been firing at full cylinders there have been some trades but there haven't been you know garrett cole signing was a red letter headline this is a blockbuster day for major league baseball we haven't had one of those trades there's been rumors about multiple different teams about the cubs about the indians about uh, who else is uh, the Red Sox? Red Sox yeah. Yeah. Mookie Betts. Like, I mean, there have been some crazy trade rumors. Even Carlos Correa was on his honeymoon, apparently, and trade rumors start leaking about uh, the Astros are shopping him. That's not a call you want to get when you're trying to enjoy a week's Probably vacation not, at the no. beach. But there are going to be, I think, at least, I was going to say at least two, if not more. Moves that make you say, wow, trades in Major League Baseball this year. Um, I don't know if they happened this week or not, but I think that the path to that trade was probably set at the winter meetings this week. It wouldn't be shocking to me at all to see this move before Christmas. Okay, but let's, let's go down this hypothetical road that I'm talking about that they get left out of the, they get left out in the free agency cold and before any trades should materialize. Okay. How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel about the Minnesota Twins? Uh, Big picture. Would really uh, lean into the cheap pull-ad narrative. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily the fault of that, that's what it would Yeah, that business would continue to boom in this town, that's for sure. I would feel disappointed. I I really thought that going into this free agency season, and partly because of what Danny was talking about, that I thought it would be a slower-moving market, and it it would give the Twins the chance to pounce on some of the guys who were lowered down in the pecking order of free agents. Like, I... I figured that the Garrett Coles, Steven Strasburgs of the world, Anthony Rendon, that those would be long, drawn-out negotiations and bidding wars for those guys, leaving the scraps, the Madison Bumgarners, the reuse for teams like the Twins to pick off while the bigger dogs were fighting for for the big pieces of meat in Go- Cole Strasburg, Rendon, etc. But super graphic. Thank you. The way, the, but the the way, but it, it hasn't gone that way, and yeah. because of that, it's sort of flipped. Like I said, now to where you have some teams that are attractive destinations with money to burn, who have been spurned and are now looking at the same guys that that you potentially are to bring in. Yeah, I'd feel pretty bad, honestly. I'd feel like it's a misstep. Um, now we should see the contracts and stuff before we, you know, light our torches on fire and get our pitchforks out. But uh, if, let's get them ready. Yeah, if, <laughs> we might as well sharpen that axe. If uh, you know, if Ryu signs a, a three-year deal for sixty million bucks and it's somewhere else, I'd be like, well, uh, why weren't you in on that? Why why weren't you willing to take that swing? Is it because pitchers get hurt? Is it because you're afraid of guys in their mid thirties? If Bumgarner signs like four and ninety. 
I'd be like, why, why didn't you, why didn't you get to that finish line? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but if if Madison Bumgarner comes in and signs like six one fifty, I I will sit here and I will say, all right, probably wasn't going to be the contract that you were looking for. Now what are you going to do on the trade market? Are you going to give up a top 10 guy? Are you going to move prospects to get that impact pitching you were looking for? It all depends on context for me, but I think just in a vacuum, you'd be pretty disappointed if and you by get the shut way, out. In Mark Herring's article today at The Athletic, he, he lays out their pursuit of pitching and free agency this offseason. And I don't know about you guys. I hadn't seen a number necessarily, like a hard number attached to the the offer that they made to Zach Wheeler. I saw reports they made competitive offers to to what the Phillies did. He said they offered him five years, a hundred million, and nice offer. Don't get me wrong, but if you're, and they might have still lost out in the bidding because he wanted to be on the East Coast. His his fiance's uh, family is all in the Philadelphia area. If you're willing to go in five years, a hundred million, why aren't you willing to go in one hundred ten million, one hundred eight, or what he actually signed for one hundred eighteen million? Why why is that where you draw the line instead of being more competitive with your offer to Zach Wheeler? That See, almost feeds into the cheap poll ads narrative, doesn't it? It does feed into that. It's a question well, I'd certainly like to hear the answer to. Keep in mind that when you talk about Zach Wheeler, like just setting that stuff aside, it's not the poll ads saying don't go get a guy for one twenty. Right. It's the baseball decision makers saying, eh, he's not worth it. It's a little rich for our blood. So let's just if we're gonna criticize, which I'm not saying is unfair, if we're gonna criticize, let's criticize the people making the baseball decisions, i.e. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Those are the people that are choosing not to go in on a Zach Wheeler contract. Obviously, a $100 million contract got the green light from ownership, right? So uh, the the cheap pull-ed thing, it's it's a little bit of a tired bit in this town. And, and I'm not saying that I, I buy into I it or feed you. into it. I'm you. just saying when you read that report, if, it that, is, if that's your line of thinking, it feeds into that had, line of thinking. Uh, we had Eno Saris from The Athletic on the show the other day, yeah. and he kind of – Outlined that that he's a he's a little surprised they didn't get more aggressive for Zach Wheeler because Eno, in his words, thought that that is somebody they could get into their sort of pitching ecosystem and and play him up a little more. He's got the big fastball, he's got swing and miss stuff. He's not Garrett Cole, but is he Garrett Cole light for a third of the price? And you know that's kind of the argument that you'd be making. I don't know the particulars of that that negotiation. I I don't know if Wheeler told him at some point, hey. Listen, this is probably going to wind up over here. What's your best offer? Give it to us, and then we'll run it against these other teams. I have no idea if that's the way that it went, but it is a pretty significant gap. If it's a hundred million dollars versus one eighteen, that's not really that competitive an offer. That, that that's right. That kind of contradicts. That's what I mean. dollars is a lot. That's what I mean. Uh, even over five years, like that's a lot of money. That doesn't track with what we've read, that they made an offer pretty close to what the Phillies did, but he wanted to be there. And the White Sox also reportedly made an offer in more that neighborhood. More than that. So yeah, just more to be, than the Phillies. Just to be fair, I haven't heard uh, the exact dollar figure. I heard that it was at least 100 but that's as far as I've gotten on the, on the reporting string. So I think you're right. I think there's a case to be made that they should have been the most aggressive team on Zach Wheeler, they have the money to spend. They have a clear need at pitching, and if they weren't going to get Garrett Cole for three twenty four, you got to get somebody. My mind then jumps to okay, they must have some trades that they feel pretty good about. Otherwise, you'd think one of those three names that you're talking about, Rami, the pitchers. You'd think that one of those is just done. Hey, we'll we'll go over for you because we got to have one of you. Right? You, you, you can't walk away without any of them, and no sense of 
there's a trade that's got to be pretty close to fix this thing. If you're going into this thing saying, all right, we feel pretty good about three young guys in the rotation to start the season, I think that's a little arrogant given the talent that's in Cleveland and the the team on the rise on the south side of Chicago. And you just went down the road of the last question that I have personally. You guys throw in more if you want. Of this hypothetical, should the Twins get left out in the cold, in the free agency cold, which is, you mentioned Falvey and Levine, would you hold it against those guys? Because also in that Mark Carrick article today, they quote Falvey and Levine, and uh, and people from around the league, one anonymous team rep said, they are going to build a winner, I would play for that team, talking about what they've built here in terms of the culture, um, Thad Levine says, one of the biggest hurdles we've summited so far is establishing a perception of a strong culture. He insisted that the accomplishment was, quote, significant, but how much that, how much weight that hard fought image carries will be put to the test. You can talk about culture all you want. And I think all three of us would sit here and certainly agree and admit that it is a, a better culture inside of the Minnesota Twins building than it has been under previous regimes, but that only goes so far in terms of making me feel better about the baseball team that I root for. I'll I'll give you an example of me myself as a fan from Chicago, lifelong Bulls fan, and for the longest time, Danny can attest to this, they seem to be in on every big free agent from Tracy McGrady to Tim Duncan all the way to like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. They tried to put together that big three that the Heat eventually did, and the, mm, refrain, Rose didn't try. the, the refrain that you would hear time and time again from people who would defend the Bulls was, well, hey, man, they're trying. You can't you can't make these guys want to come and play here. All that they can do is offer whatever it is that they have to offer, money, culture, and whatever it else, whatever else it is that they're trying to build here. And if a guy decides he wants to play somewhere else, well, he just decides he wants to play for someone else. And I'm telling you, the first couple of times that you throw that defense at me, it might hold a little water. After LeBron James and Dwayne Wade decided to go elsewhere, I was done. I was done hearing that excuse. You can tell me how much better your culture is, you're moving in the right direction, you're trying your hardest, you're in on all the big name free agents. You gotta land somebody, dude. Yeah. Like I, I can I can like you all I want. I can like what you're trying to do all I want, but at the end of the day, I need results. You gotta and, produce and, at some point. Exactly. So if Falvey and Levine, for all the talk about better culture, stronger organization, and I believe them when they say that stuff, there's evidence to, to that effect in, in all these things that they're talking about. But at the end of the day, it do, that doesn't do a whole lot for me as a fan if and when you get left out in the free agency cold. Yeah. I guess I would say that these guys in my book have earned a lot of benefit of the doubt. And I know that doesn't really exist in uh, like the general, if you talk about, pull a thousand twins fans on the street. Yeah. Some of them would be pretty happy with like what Falvey's done here, but I mean, I'd say an overwhelming majority of them would be like, haven't won anything. Right. And that's a fair criticism. When was the last time they won a playoff game? Forget playoff games. You haven't won a free agency bidding war. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so, what do you mean they just signed Michael Pineda? That's right. Two years, 20 million. Talk to me. They, but, they just signed a guy that screwed them over this year. What do you mean you can't trust him? My them? point is, like, I get that it would be foolish to say blind trust forever, blank check, you guys are the guys. I, I get it. You, you can't say that. That's, that's, that's foolish. But... I think that given what I've I've seen from them and talking to people behind the scenes and just knowing them even just just a tiny little bit it's not like we're buddies but in person interaction with these guys 
leads me to believe that they absolutely know what they're doing. Whether that turns to a free agent or not, I can't answer that question as we sit here today on December 12th. But to your question, like, do would I hold it against them? Yeah, I mean, your objective this offseason was to get impact pitching. And if you don't get impact pitching, that's you. That's that's on you. You didn't do it at the trade deadline, and now you didn't do it this winter? Of course somebody's got to be held accountable for that. What I'm saying is, I think these guys have it in the right direction, and if I was just pay- placing my like my poker chips of life on a, on a bet, on a square, will they pay this off, will they not? I give these two guys the benefit of the doubt right now. This offseason? Ev- from everything I've picture. learned. Big picture. The five-year plan that started in November 2016. Whatever year number you're putting it on, and I know these guys got extensions, but you know how extensions work in sports, right? Mm-hmm. If you go from 101 wins, miss out on this free agency, don't get a trade, some guys come back to earth next year, you miss out on the postseason, and then that happens like two more years in a row. You think the extra years on the extension mean deadly? It means nothing. You would run those guys out of town if they don't deliver on this promise of we're going to capture a wave of prospects, and then we're going to throttle you know, we're just going to try to push as many chips into the center of the table to have a sustainable winner, whatever the phrase they use since they got hired. If they don't deliver on that promise, then yeah, you start to talk about. It. For me, Rami, so it's it's a little bit early to be talking like that. Couple of, couple of tweets coming in on this. Corey says, "I'm 100 percent with you on your Twins take. You are representing my view spot on. The results matter!" Exclamation point. Steve Wonder says, why you read that one. Steve says, "We are in the mix, <laughs> aka we will offer a low ball contract that will be quickly rejected, and Simpleton Twins fans will get excited about being quote." In the mix. And Danny, you hear a lot in the analytics world that they judge things based on process, not results. Yep. I believe in that line of thinking. But to an extent. To an extent. Got to have I, some results at some point. I, it's not always about the process. I believe in the process that the Twins are taking, but, but when results. it comes to free agency at the end of the day, you need better talent in Twins uniforms, and that was that was evident in October last year. Yep. And if if you're not getting the results, are you putting this on Falvey and Levine if Abs- they're left absolutely. out in the cold? Absolutely I am, because look at what we knew they needed to go get pitching at the trade deadline. We knew that if they were going to be a serious contender in the month of October, they needed to improve that pitching staff. What did they do? They sat on their hands and didn't go get more pitching. Then what happened? They got swept by the Yankees in three games. They failed this season. They won 101 games. This this was an 89-92 to 92 win that play, team that played in the worst division in baseball and had an inflated win total. They weren't a typical 101-win team. They had an opportunity when they got to October because anything can happen, but they really didn't have that good of a chance because you knew that they just weren't good enough. They were not on the same level as the Yankees and as the Astros, despite having a really similar win total, because they didn't improve themselves the way they should have. And that's on the front office. And if they fail again, I don't know who else to point at. We got to hit a uh, quick break, Derek. Thanks for uh, coming in, you talking some twins with us. If you missed the noon hour, it was uh, Score North Twins show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. You can go back and listen to Derek, Phil Mackey, and uh, former Twins closer Glenn Perkins. ScoreNorth.com, dot com, Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, wherever you uh, get your podcast. That show was all of the fun, and Phil even got Glenn going on hypothetical trades that involve. The Twins' top two prospects. Really? Yeah, he said, would you do this, yes or no? And uh, we we had some fun with it. So check it out on the Score North Twin Show feed if you didn't hear it. Do you want to throw those at us real quick? We can go. We can be a little late into the break. For, I'm going to uh, hit you guys with them. Reckless speculation. I'll hit you with the deals. Then you take some time to think about it on the break. Because right. these are not deals that you just instant 
take, right? right? These are deals you ponder. I think Phil might have thrown one of these at me yesterday. On, uh, Do you Mac want the Twins version or the uh, the other team's version first? Give me the Twins version. Okay, so the, so the Twins in these trades, same package, you get to pick the trade. You have three options. Do you want the Indians trade? Do you want the Rockies trade? Or do you want to stand pat? No trade. Okay. You're trading. This is not my trade. This is a brainchild of Phil Mackey. Mackey. Right. Reckless speculation. Yes. Thank you for the sounder. Mm-hmm. Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov and Jordan Balazovic. Balazovic. Whatever. I still don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, Jordan B. We'll learn it when you get to the majors. He is a stud pitching prospect. <laughs> arguably their top arm. I mean, including okay. Gratterall. All right. So those three guys, they're gone. Bye-bye. The Indians package, you get Corey Kluber and Francisco Lindor. The Rockies package, you get Nolan Arenado and John Gray. That's the trade. Give me the prospects again. Kirilov, Lewis, Balazovich. Okay. Think about it. It's that's a haul. And I think, by the way, this was my take. I'll contribute this and leave. Either one of those teams is running to the window to make that trade. You think so? Uh, I don't know if Cleveland quite is. I think I think Cleveland's running somewhere with that deal. I think they're running to Los Angeles, the, the Dodgers. I think they're saying, this is what we've got. Give us Gavin Lux, Dustin May, and Alex Vertigo. And then I think you're in a bidding war there. I'm going to contemplate. I, I think the Indians would rather take the Dodgers package because yeah. they're still in a I window. Mean, those guys are and those guys are comparable to Kirilov and Lewis. I think Gavin Lux is probably the best of everyone that we've named. But they're also MLB ready. And you and don't, the twins have don't have to that. then worry about did you win or lose a trade in your division. So yeah. that's a thing.